Hey everybody, welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey and you have Mike, and uh, we got a lot to cover today. Now, if you guys notice the title, uh, the title is very descriptive of what can we do? What can we do uh, as a nation? And, and so there's a lot to cover in that. And uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Mike kind of doing the intro and what we're going to do here. And uh, he's going to get us going. Hey guys, how's it going? Are you going? We're going. Uh, welcome back to Self-Evident Podcast. I want to take a second to just say thank you so much for the comments, for you guys following every Sunday night. Remember, Sunday nights at 7. Be sure to share this. Be sure to like it. Comment um, on iTunes. If you are a podcast listener, be sure to give us reviews, um, especially the SoundCloud, the iTunes. That helps us move out to more people. Along with that, we're going to be coming out with some new materials. We're going to, we've got the late night live still going on Wednesday night. This week it's me, so be sure to pay attention and follow the late night lives. We're putting those up on the podcast list as well now. I think you guys really could benefit from the teachings that we're doing. Uh, does that sound a little bit boastful, Master? Yeah, yes, yeah, it, does. it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to be confident. You could benefit from what we're telling you. Otherwise, why would we be putting it out there? Right? Think about that. Thinking. Massey does it. I don't really. Um, so that, we've got the website. Don't forget to check out the website. Honestly, guys, if you, if, here's one thing that I'll say. Um, we've had more and more people come up to us and say, hey, I've been listening to the podcast. I've had this. I've had that. You know, I've heard this. Thank you so much for letting us know that you're listening. And I'm I'm sure I can speak for Massey on this as well as myself, that it means so much to hear from people that this is this is helping you out, this is teaching you something. Uh, the fact that you're tuning in more than two Sundays in a row tells us, okay, we're doing something that people can pay attention to. So I just want to say thank you to you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. Um, once again, let us know how you're feeling. Let us know questions you got. Look, if you've got a heavy question, you've got something you want us to cover in depth, put it up there. We'll do a whole series on it if we have to. Yep. Um, and we're always looking for comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always want uh, people's interaction because that's that's probably one of the most important things that we're after is, is interaction. Um, we love, it's funny, I got a couple comments uh, here recently. Someone who's actually working on the landscaping up front, you know, because he's, he's a friend. He said, I love how like you put all people's comments, like you read the comments or you yeah. answer their questions while you're doing live. And I thought, well, you know, it would be just like if I'm preaching or teaching, right? Like I would want to answer these questions. And so guys, we got a lot to cover. And here's here's one of the things Mike that Mike really wanted to, 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 to cover. And again, uh, write your comments below and all that stuff. But um, what are we supposed to do? I get this question probably the most um, that people are like, hey, look, I'm never going wrong for public office, know what I mean? Homeboy ain't that smart, which I think is crap. I think it's that's that's dumb to say that, that you're not smart. Uh, everybody is smart, and it's uh, I think there's a quote attributed to Albert Einstein that he said, um, "Everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish's ability to climb a tree, it'll think it's stupid his whole life." And sometimes I think we're in the wrong lane, and then so most of your life you probably think, "Man, I'm just dumb. I don't really get things." But no, that's just not where you're supposed to be, and that's not where your calling is, and that's not where your gifting is. And so, like, for me, I found my niche. Like, I'm pastoring now, which I think is, like, my full-time thing now. I, I know it is. Uh, I, I love being there. I find peace there. That's really where I'm supposed to be. I, I do feel dumb in this sense. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, there's so much in Scripture. How do I tell people that? You know, like, or, man, you know, like, uh, and I, you know, you know I've got to follow up pastor. You know, Todd, yeah. you know, sermons, it's tough, you know. But um, I don't feel stupid in the sense that I know more day to do what I'm doing. 
And so also this political realm, and maybe that's down the road, that you know, there's going to be a time where i got to get involved deeper than what I am. So now we're getting involved more locally in the county council uh, type meetings or the city commission meetings and stuff like that. We actually have Kristen who produces the show. She goes out and does, uh, she goes outside and stands in front of Planned Parenthood, her and Laura, and you know, they help us do that. It's kind of the outreach wing of self-evidence. So I mean, we're getting involved locally more and, and doing that kind of stuff, but what can we do, yeah. right? And, and that's really the, the, the deep question here. And that I wanted to cover this was because several times when we've been talking about what's going on in, in the country and the states is run for office, be active with your political office, be active with voting, with poll, you know, right, whatever you right. have to do actively. And I, I really never felt comfortable with that answer. Right. Not that it, it's not important. It just seems like it's one-dimensional. I get exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that kind of one angle, and somebody's like, "Okay, I went to my county commissioner meeting. Now what? Now what do I do? I'm just supposed to sit on my hands and, and follow yeah. life." <laughs> yeah. Like. So, I get that. I get that. So I I wanted to delve into this deeply, and it's something that I think you know, Massey and I will be able to really kind of riff on and get a little more down my lane philosophical on this because yes, that's his this, lane. This gets deeper into who we are as a people. I'm He really is that wing. The I'm very practical. <laughs> I'm very practical. You're very philosophical. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a cool combo. Um, but one of the things we want to talk about, there's a lot of new things coming right now, especially for self-evident. We're, we're putting up this new thing called Church United. I'm sorry, Church United. Um, uh, church Liberated. I'm sorry, Church United is a thing that all the churches United. Church okay. Liberated. And, and so it's a, basically a... a, a um, about a 10, 12 week kind of study on the foundations of America and how pastors got involved in that, you know, and so we're coming up with some new things for that. Uh, the website hopefully will be done here soon. I, I've been anticipating that for a while, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, but also to uh, the government versus God still out. I yeah. love getting that video's hands. Pick it up. Um, you, you guys can go on liveliberatednow.com. It's actually pinned on the Facebook. But one, one of the unique things is we're kind of shifting gears with the podcast even. We want to make this more teaching, not just you know, hammering the issues of the day. I don't know a podcast that doesn't do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where all they're doing is attacking what the, the liberals are doing, and the liberals are attacking what the conservatives are doing. As a matter of fact, you want to know what a liberal's going to talk about? What did the conservatives just put out? You want to know what a conservative's going to talk about? What did Fox, or what did MSNBC talk about last night? Yeah. That's what Fox News yeah. is going to talk about. And so, like, and it's not a cap. I, that's just not where we want to be. We want to be able to show people liberty. What do the amendments say, the Constitution? Matter of fact, I derive a lot from different sources. Uh, myself, I have a lot of friends who are constitutional teachers who I just love and absolutely adore as far as their content and things like that. And we want to continue to bring that to you. Our audience is different. Uh, you know, we do bring the gospel and all this, and maybe some people don't agree with that, and that's okay. I do. I think God uh, ordains all things. His kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And, you know, uh, the way our founder set it up was, yeah, your individual under him, that's the kingdom. You're the kingdom of God. So go do that individually. Yeah. Sovereignty, right? And so we don't talk about that a lot, sovereignty and, and liberty and all these other things. So we want to bring that to you every single week. Um, but one of the things I wanted to discuss is the family. What can we do as a family unit? You're going to discuss individuality. I'm going to discuss family. So God gives four different jurisdictions uh, in Scripture on what authority is. The first one is uh, civil government. And this is in no particular order. I'm just telling you what. So obviously God creates all things. When you look at the kingdom of God, there's two words there, king and dom, right? The king has dominion over something. The word dominion meaning territory, right? So the king has the rule over territory, over this whole dominion of his. That is his thing. Now he delegates, he has the right to delegate that authority, delegate some things and authority 
with his authority to that territory. So for some, your territory might be the church. Your territory might be civil authority. Your territory might be your family. You know, your territory might be some business, whatever it is. You have a delegated authority by God when you know it's him. And you have his authority to carry that thing out. That's why it's so easy sometimes to step into faith because I know I carry his authority to do that, right? So as a family, there's, this, there's, there's four different jurisdictions. So I'll start with number one, civil government. So God ordained civil government. If you read uh, Romans 13, if you read 1 Peter 2, I gotta slow down. Someone told me today I gotta slow down. So I'm like, breathe, Matt. Literally, breathe. Just had that thought. Like, he's gonna have to slow down. Yeah, slow down, man. People are going. I need to rewind. Yes, I need to hear that again. Yes, Lord. Yes, I'm so sorry, Al. Uh, so, um, so we have this thing called civil authority, which God ordains in Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, Titus 3. Uh, I've said it before, Exodus 18, Isaiah 33. God ordains government. That's beautiful. God ordains these things in civil government because he wants to punish those that are evildoers. He gives that authority, dominion to the government and praise those who do well. That's in every single one of those uh, chapters in scriptures. We're supposed to elect those who hate covetousness, who love righteousness, goodness, and truth, those who practice that. Because in Romans 13, it says that the civil authority are their ministers of God to thee for good not for evil. So God ordains government, right? The problem is, is when we elect bad people to make it administer laws, we have a problem. And that's what you're seeing today. There's a, there, there's a massive oversight of who we've elected. And even some people that were against President Trump because he was immoral and he wasn't like the stereotypical Christian, which that even is kind of an oxymoron, stereotypical Christian. I don't even like that. I'm not trying to be religious about that word is what I'm saying. But he wasn't the typical archetypal Christian, right? And so we got mad about that. Oh, my gosh. And then there were some Christians that were backing him. There were some Christians that weren't. And there was this great divide in the Christian realm about it, right? And the bottom line is the only reason that we got to this point is because we didn't uh, study and show ourselves approved unto God. Because we didn't get involved. That's not a condemnation. That's just a truth. That's a fact. Uh, we reap what we sow. When we don't sow into a field, we reap nothing. If you sow to the flesh, you of the flesh reap corruption, the Bible says. But if you sow to the Spirit, you reap the things of the Spirit. So, um, in, in all of that, we have this thing called civil authority. Now, the second thing he gave authority to is the family unit, which in Ephesians 6, it talks about that the fathers and the mothers, uh, right, they have rule over their children. When you look at uh, disciplines in the children and the family, what's going on? Uh, in the disciplines of the family, what you have is where, where you're... you're the, the, the parents have the authority over the household. So like the father has the, the, the authority, uh, and then you have the wife, and you have the kids, all that stuff. So there's this thing that happens uh, that, that is obviously... There's no audio? Just sending the audio through the phone. That wasn't what you were supposed to do. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Hang on one second, folks. I need that back. Yeah. Sorry about that. Our audio is screwed up. I hope you can hear it now. At least I'm hoping. Here, it, come tell us whether it's... Yeah, is it plugged in back there? Yeah. I thought it was all checked up. Yeah. I'm very sorry. Can you guys hear us out there, or is it faint and distant? Is it still through the phone, or is it through the mic? No. You know, we had these problems early at church. <laughs> this is going to be a good podcast. I'm I telling so you, dude. I'm that you, you were on a roll, man. No, it's all good. I'll get back into the roll. I just had to slow down. See, it was for your good. It was for That's my good. good. Yeah. 
How's it looking, folks? I can't see any comments right now. Still not? Carrie's saying still not. I have not had this happen before. This is fantastic. Andrew Gering says loud and clear. Babe? Yeah, if you can hear you, it's just. It's through the phone. Yeah, we might as well do that. Yeah, if you guys are good with it, we'll keep going. Why not? Ryan Jones says he can hear us. Praise God. All right. All right. All right. So, we'll keep going. Sorry back to that. point number two. <laughs> <laughs> it's always interesting. It's always interesting. Yes. Totally, totally, totally. Um, so, so the, the second aspect of this is civil authority, or I'm sorry, family authority. So in Ephesians 6, it talks about uh, children, uh, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So obviously there's this hierarchical structure of family uh, government, right? And the family is supposed to do many things. Train up your child the way he should go. Notice it doesn't say discipline your child the way he should go. It doesn't say beat your child the way they should go. It doesn't say yell at them the way they should go. It doesn't say any of that stuff. What it says is to train them, which means that you're teaching them principles and you have to have the patience and the nurturing care to allow them to make mistakes, allow them to, to mess up once or twice. I'm not saying let them sin, like go out and sin willfully. That's up to you, uh, how, how you want to handle your kids. There's, but there's this wave of unconditional love that you're supposed to have as a, as a parent, right? What that does is produces citizens that are going to be godly, right? It produces them that they're going to be ethical, they're going to have integrity, and all these things. Now, will they come out perfect? Absolutely not. I'm not saying they will. They can only be perfected in Christ. But you as a parent have a delegated duty when you have children. God has delegated that through his kingdom-delegated authority to your family. And so for me, I'm going to talk about the family aspect of delegation and what we can do as a family. Here's what I've noticed in, in, many, in many circles uh, for, for myself. I know that when I teach my kids the Word of God, they're going to act faithfully to the Word of God. They're going to act out the Word. They're going to act out the things of God that are real, right, and true. And so I can't do anything more than that. My job is to, to make sure that they are raised up in the nurture and the admonition of God. That I raise them up knowing that the church is the pillar of the ground of truth, it says in 2 Timothy. That, that they're raised up in the, in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, that, what Paul said, that they know that they're crucified to Christ, but that they're alive to him, they're risen with him, it says in Romans 8, right? That they know that their life is found in him, and that the carnal mind is an enemy against God, and that there's a struggle between the spirit and the flesh, again, that's Romans 7 and 6, and all these principles that we have to teach them, that in Hebrews it talks about faith, and that that's the substance of things hoped for. They may not understand it now, but as they get older, they're going to step out in faith in things. They're going to go to college, or whatever they're going to do, start a business and all these things. And teaching them that if they step out in faith, that their reliance must be in Christ. That everything that they do has to be in reliance to the Father. So that it lines up in these things. What does that produce? That if they're submitted to the Father, they're going to have this thing called integrity. Because at the end of the day, they're going to stand before God daily as they go to Him in prayer and say, Lord, did I do what you've asked me to do? Did I do what you wanted me to do? Did I follow the precepts of you? Did I make sure that I, that I went out to that person and spoke life into them? Did I go out and minister to that person? Did I do everything upright in business? Did I, so you produce this integrity inside because you've taught them self-governance. Inside of them, they have to be self-governed. So in other words, there's this thing called the law of Christ, where it's I love my neighbor as myself, right? And I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. When that is applied in the family, nothing can stop you because you're going to have the favor of God on your life when you totally dedicate yourself to the things of God. Again, are you perfect at it? No. But what you can do is strive for that thing. 
right? The Bible says, I think it's in Matthew 5, enter ye into the straight gate. Other translations say strive to enter into that straight gate. You strive, you struggle, you go for it. You Because you're going to fall backwards, you're going to move forwards. You're going to sometimes have two steps forward, one step back. When you look at the family as a whole, your kids should be raised up in that. Now, as they get older, they will have their own kids. This is all kind of like multi-level marketing almost in a sense. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to bring it to that natural type of mindset, but it's the truth. It's kind of like multi-level marketing where I produce my offspring and then they're going to produce their little offspring. And we're Mexicans, so we can produce. I'm telling you, man, we can we can breed like cockroaches, right? So, right, yeah, seriously, man. Like my, my family, my dad and mom each had 11 or 12 brothers and sisters. My mom and dad had four, so, you know, my siblings. And we only had three boys, right? Yeah. But I'm pretty darn sure one of them's Amish. <laughs> so they're probably going to have ten kids, one of my boys, I'm sure. Right? And hopefully they do. I love kids. Right? But that the idea is they're going to take the principles that I've taught them, that the Spirit of God has taught them, and they're going to improve on that so that my ceiling is their floor. Where I brought them to in glory, they're going to step up and honor more, and they're going to do more than that glory. They're going to step up and produce better citizens than what I can produce, yeah. right, as a family. And the, the beauty of that is when you start, when the family spreads and the family grows, then the family starts spreading into the neighbors. It starts spreading into the people in their circles. And I think one of the things that the church is going to grow in right now is how do you give witness to other people? Massey, you and I were talking about this the other day, of this idea of it's no... You can't get by by, oh, people will come to Christ purely because of my witness and how I act. Right. You have to actually right. speak. And what the family unit does is when the family unit is an example and they're held up as an example of Christ, they are given opportunity to speak about Christ. No, exactly. No, exactly. And so, again, now, what you want to produce in them is obviously this integrity, this, this love for authority, right? Because when they learn to respect you and authority... They'll learn how to submit to that authority, which is godly, good, and just, and right. Yeah. Then you have to determine what you're going to disciple them in. Right? So, for me, I'm very disciplined in the things of law and, and justice. I used to be a business, so I kind of like those things. So, two of my boys uh, kind of do their own side gig. They do their own little side uh, kind of business. And so, I'm kind of disciplining them in these areas that they can do anything they want. Yeah. But they don't have to get tied down to a job or anything like that. They don't have to just get by and make a living, you know. They can, they can do something for themselves. So on top of teaching them the words of God, the disciplines of God and prayer, my wife and I teaching or whatever, on top of speaking life over them, and we've taught them this thing, and I've said this before, that they speak life to each other now, kind of make it a habit, you know, so that they can go to other kids yeah. and, and do the same thing in other people, right? So we're raising citizens. So then now my job is to, you know, for me, I want to teach them how to be good citizens in America. Yeah. Submitting to this constitution, because that constitution is kind of the the, the basis and the foundation of America, right? And so all that document really represents is that the higher authorities or the authorities are submitted to this constitution, and we choose those representatives to support and uphold that constitution. So i got to teach them those principles that God gives them rights, God gives them these things, right? And I'm producing good citizens, good American citizens, so that they can take and teach that liberty throughout the world. Absolutely. Because that liberty comes from God. So it's not just America-centered. It's not just focused on America. In Leviticus 25, it says that uh, it was it, it was said, and they're going to proclaim liberty throughout the land to all the inhabitants thereof. That scripture is actually found on the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Right? It's it's inscribed right on there. That's what they uh, put on, on on the on the bell. And so my job is to teach them what I know. I love cars. I love working on cars. So I try to teach them about that. I love yard work. Typical. 
right? I love the artwork. So, you know, I teach them that. I teach them about law and ethics in government, right? Now I'm pastoring. I got to teach them, hey, they may want to do that, be a part of clergy. Look, I've made a ton of mistakes being a clergy. I've, I've done the cardinal sin of, 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 of uh, you know, neglecting the kids for ministry. I've done all that stuff, and I don't want to do that anymore. How do I teach them to overcome those hurdles and shortfalls and all those things? Here's what I'm getting at. We as a family can teach our families how to overcome these hurdles to make them and produce them as better citizens. Yeah. Not illiterate. Not sticking them in front of, I know this is going to sting, okay? Just listen, hear me out here. Putting them in front of a screen does not teach them anything. It's your interaction because God made you the parent. You understand that? God made you the dad or the mom of that child or the guardian of that child. Like some of you may be a guardian over kids and you know maybe something happened to the, 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 that, children, that child's original family. All of a sudden now you're placed as guardian. Do you realize that God ordained you to be that guardian and parent? Like you may have adopted a kid who was about to get an abortion. God gave you that authority to do that. Isn't that amazing, dude? That's pretty dang awesome if you think about it. And you know what? I bet you any money, you're right, this is supposed to be plugged into that. I just thought about that. <laughs> you want to do that quick? Let's see if it works. I'm really sorry. I just thought about it. I'm so scatterbrained, dude, right now. Um, but anyways, so that, that when you're the parent and you're the dad, that you have the fundamental ability to teach children how to be in Christ. You're teaching them how to be citizens of God, citizens of heaven. You're teaching them how to be good, godly men and not cowards. You're teaching them how to be men of God, how to treat a woman and a wife, how to treat their kids. You're treating them and you're teaching them how to be in this world as they should be. Mother, you're teaching them different things that, that they might not learn from their father. Maybe some compassion, maybe toughness, right? Maybe kindness, maybe meekness. You're teaching them how to be a good uh, husband at home, like what... Sometimes I know wives like, hey, your dad doesn't do this. I'll teach you. That was it, right? Oh, I'm so, okay. I'm so sorry about that. I had the audio wrong. But you're ordained to be that child's family. You're yeah. ordained to be that leader of that household. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because it, that gets into traditional gender roles. I know. I said it. It's scary. Oh, no. But there is some truth to it. Um, the idea that a, a father plays a role in the family structure a mother plays a role in a family structure. The father, his role is to protect, to provide, to raise up, to teach the kids and bring them up to the next level. Absolutely. He's setting them up to become independent people. That's his whole job. The mother is there to nourish. She's there to provide. She's there to create the bond of the family, right? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know about you. But my mom was like the center of the family. Right. My dad may be leading it, but my mom was the center of it. Yeah. She brought everyone just I remember she brought your it. Your mom was a boss, dude. Oh man. No, seriously. Amazing your dad's woman. awesome, yeah. but your mom was the boss, dude. Yeah. I, I loved her to death. Remember I, I oh, remember yeah. first meeting her. She yep. just she spoke life into me. Yeah. You know what I mean? She just knew how to do that. She became like instantly a, a guide to you. I, I'll never forget that. I remember where we sat down in the restaurant mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Just yeah. good people, man. Yeah. She, I remember yeah, it, I remember one time, um, well, not one time, but, but several yeah. times. Like, She was an accountant. She was a CPA. And my friends, some of my friends would go to her to have, the, have her do their tax returns. She'd always refuse money. She'd say, just buy me peanut M&Ms. That's all I want. Wow. <laughs> and so she would do my friend's taxes for bags of peanut M&M's. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and 
I think with with a good structure, because I'm going to get into more of this stuff here as a family, and then you can go into yeah, the individual. No, go for it. There's so much to hit on this, so I'm going to try to hit this as as succinctly as I can. If you look at like also too, the overall health of your family is your responsibility. Now we have a lot of issues with mental health. You know what I mean? A lot of people say mental health is bad. Kids, you know, they're depressed and all these things and mental health, and it's kind of been a thing. And there's a huge difference between speaking life into your child and puffing them up. Mm. Okay? Listen to me closely. Ah, this is going to... Do it. I'm going to start crying. Um, there's a massive difference between speaking life into your child and puffing them up. When you make your kid a trophy, you teach them that if they can't hit that standard, then they become insecure. If they can't always hit that, like, you know how these kids, they get into these beauty pageants? I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying that if you constantly put the standard in front of them, that's this worldly standard that they can never attain to. And you have to put makeup and, you know, you, they have to be in a gym every day and they've got to do all these things. And you puff them up in there. Man, look how smart my kid is. And that's their only identity. And their identity is not in Christ. And their identity is not that they're your son or daughter. That their identity is not found in the risen works of Christ. That, that their identity is uh, that, 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 that all they are is his and his alone. Then they become to, they have to chase other things to fulfill what they're missing. So if they don't hit a certain goal, they chase other things to fulfill that void, right? And so I think we make this grave mistake as parents that we start to, to, to do this to our children. And then the mental health issue starts to come up of depression where it's like, I just can't hit the standard that my parents could provide for. Right. So let's say your family's rich. and You go do all these things. Right. And you have all these nice things. And you go to all these pageants. You do all these things. But then you start to fail a little bit when you're on your own. What happens? All you know is the rebound. All you know is that, hey, when you fell, my mom and dad were there to pick me up. But when you're out on your own, dude, there's a, there's a life out there. It's real, right? And one thing that, that Carrie's always told me is she goes, man, you're, you, you know, and she, she's not saying this in a mean way. She's not correcting me or reproving me. She's saying, I, man, sometimes, you know, you're hot on the kids. I understand why, but you're hot on the kids, on the boys. And I just looked at her. I remember the first time I told it to her. I said, it's because the world doesn't care about my kids. I have to teach them that the world doesn't care that they have to make their own way, that, you know what, life's unfair. Did you know that? Life stinks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's unfair that people will hate you just because of your skin color sometimes. That, and I'm not talking about, like, full-on – I'm not saying that's a prevalent thing here. I'm saying that that might happen to you, that they, it might happen that you're a woman and they don't want to hire you. And then they start these things called feminism and racism and, oh, my gosh, it's prevalent in the nation. No, it's just that there's jerks out there. Legit. There's just jerks out there, and it's called the world. And that you're supposed to overcome the world by the faith that's in you. Mm -hmm. If we don't teach them that the faith is within them to overcome the world and that it's in them, they're going to start looking inside as to what's wrong with them. And then they create hatred and animosity and bitterness towards that. Now I'm getting psychological, right? So instead of speaking, instead of puffing up your children and trying to build in them something that's not there, speak life into them and let God direct them what's in them so that they can be that person that they're called to be. Because yeah. when they find their lane, they'll find joy, peace, and hope. They won't try to strive for it. They'll know inside, even when the struggles come, I am called to this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it to the, to the best of my ability under the Lord. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad you said Lane because when I get into individuality or, or the individual, um, I'm going to talk a lot about purpose. And so I'm glad you used Lane because the family structure is there to create an environment to where the kid can grow safely in order to find their lane in order to find their purpose, 100%, right? Yeah. And, and you brought up the whole self-esteem movement, this idea of, well, give your kid confidence by just praising your kid incessantly and, and set these standards and push your kid towards that and your kid will be great. No, 
like what you're doing is you're creating a false standard of who the kid is supposed to be, right? Because Dude. we're we can find our identity in Christ, and that's the most important place for us to find our identity. That's right. If you're not pointing your kid to finding identity in Christ, you're going to point your kid to find identity in something else that if they lose, they lose their identity. That's exactly right. And two, like if, 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 if let's just say, and, and there's many people out there that are models and men, male or female or whatever like that. And they're just beautiful people, beautiful women, beautiful men, right? They're just, they're born with it. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not saying Photoshop doesn't exist, right? But they're just born beautiful, right? Yeah. And, and, and they, they do that. Instead of teaching them that their looks is what they're going for, teaching them that God made them. That way, they can show others how to be that beauty too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of them being the standard, they'll say the standard is Christ. I was just made this way, and what, what was that for? Just to show what God can do. I don't know. Like, like that, that individually, we're all created in the image of Christ. Every one of us is different, right? And that, you know, even today, there's a lot of people who think that they're, they're ugly or whatever, all that stuff. You know, it's like, I'll never forget one time, I've never worried about my weight. That's, that's why I just remain chubby because I don't care. You know what yeah. I mean? I really don't. Uh, but now I do, man. I was like, man, I'm struggling to get up. My back hurts now when I wake up now. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. Me and Andrew Gernick, we're, we're on a diet challenge. Like, sorry I called you out, Andrew. And so that just keeps us accountable, bud. <laughs> uh, so we're on this challenge, right? We're going to lose weight. And, uh, but I remember one time my teeth are, you know, they've always been crooked yeah. always. And, and I used to be so, that was the one thing that I was self-conscious about all the time is my teeth all the time. Gosh, I hated it. But I remember this, I, I was at a Kmart one time. I was fundraising for a ministry that, that, that I was in. I was, I was at a table and I looked at this, she had to have been 70, her and her husband. And I walked, I just looked at him and I said, how are you guys doing? And I smiled really big. And she said, I just absolutely love your smile. <laughs> she saw me for who I was. She didn't see that I was missing teeth yeah. or crooked or anything like that. From that day on, I thought, ain't nobody care. If I don't pay attention to it, they're not going to care about it. Mm -hmm. Why are we focused on people's flaws and not what God created them to be? Ooh. We judge so much on, <laughs> and so we're teaching our kids to do that. If we constantly try to put a standard that is not godly in front of them. Right. And so we as a family have this introspective look on ourselves first. Fathers and mothers, listen to me. The, the, the insecurities that you have, if they're not worked out by Christ, if they're not worked out inside of you, if you're not healed of those things, you will put that on your children somehow. Gosh, They'll catch it. Good. It's true. If you're insecure about your looks and, and you know, you're always focused on that, that's what your kids are going to pick up. I promise you that. Yeah. If, you're, if you're focused on, you know, man, I'm just really tired and I don't want to do anything. You, I, I did this uh, last week. I just sat on the couch. I didn't do anything. You know what my kids did? Sat on the couch. Hmm. They did. They just they picked up on what I was doing. Yeah. They just sat there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, we got to go do the lawn or something, you know. <laughs> but, like, they pick up on who you are, like what you do, what, what your motive is. Now, that leads to after teaching them the disciplines of Christ, after making sure that they're spoken life into, that they have the mind of Christ, that they know who their identity is in Jesus – then you start focusing on other things. You know, when you look at the founders as a whole, a lot of them didn't want to be politicians. No. John Adams wanted to practice the bar, and he was like, man, I just want to go be a lawyer. I don't want to get involved in politics. I'm not, not my thing. And they kind of coaxed him into it. You know, his cousin, or was his second cousin, uh, you know, um, Samuel Adams really talked him into it. He was like, yeah, dude, you're the right guy. Uh, Washington, you know, he was a warrior. He wasn't a politician. Yeah. But they did it because they saw something great in themselves. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the benefit of the nation, right? So for me, politics kind of became that thing. Now I know why I learned all these things. I learned the law. I learned uh, to, to stand 
Um, I, I learned not to be afraid in the in the face of tyranny. I've, I've just yeah. learned, you know, persecution happens. You know, I went through a lot of things that 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 happened, and I realize now what that was for it was for the season right now. Like, and it's individual. Like another season will come up, I'll be like, I learned it for that season. But for this season right now, I just learned that you know I'm not afraid of I'm not just not afraid of that stuff, right? And so God put me in this position to be in kind of this governmental realm that, yeah. that like earthly government is ordained of God. How do we rectify that to have the kingdom of God represent that earthly kingdom? Do you know what I mean? Like to be a representative of that earthly kingdom. How do we do that? That's why we get involved. That's why uh, the constitution of the United States, like again, with its flaws, right? It's, it's flawed because men will take it farther than what it's supposed to be. My job is to make sure that we uphold it under the rights that God gave us. So we have responsibilities before God. If you're a moral person, like John Adams said, our constitution is only made for a moral and religious people, it's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. If you don't have those two tenets inside of you, law makes no sense. What are you submitting to? That's why you see the left and the right do this stuff. Because if they're not being moral about it, they're just going to pass laws that they want. And the ones they don't want to do, they'll just disobey until they pass the ones they want. Mm-hmm. Only, nation in the, only nation in existence right now, you can actually break the laws first and then change them. <laughs> Can't break the laws in Iraq. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you, you, you steal done, right? I mean... Seriously, in America, you can break the laws first and then change them. Yeah. You know, and that's not what they wanted. They wanted us to be free individuals, not have a rule of dictate over government over us. Right. Yeah. And and I noticed you you're, you're getting into this idea of individual. Right. And you even said free individual. So we want to get into the individual. Who is the individual? OK, so you have the family unit, which we could consider the smallest form of government now. There are libertarian philosophers who would take it even a step further that the individual is the smallest form of government because you're governing yourself. With the individual, this is why it's so – the whole question is what do we do now? Massey went into this deep explanation of what the importance of the family being a healthy unit is so that that family unit can go and influence future generations and influence those around them. Because what we're talking about is the building blocks of culture. If you can't change the building blocks of culture, you're not going to change the culture. So that gets into the individual. And I want to start off with something which, if you're a fan of Jordan Peterson, you will have heard this before. <laughs> but the reason I'm bringing it up is it's so true. You have to make your bed first. You have to clean your room. And there was an, a panel discussion that he was doing one time and somebody was calling him out and saying, well, you know, I need to change this. I need to do that. And you're, you're saying this, that, and the other thing. And he kind of looked at her and he said, if you can't even clean your own room, how are you supposed to change the rest of the world? How, how if you cannot right. tidy up and organize your own environment, are you supposed to try and tidy up and organize and do a little good in the rest of the world? A lot of times what people do is they look outwards at the rest of the world because they're too afraid to actually tidy up what's going on in their own world. Preach. Right? And so the individual is so vital to get under a submitting of governance in terms of governing yourself in order to be able to progress further. And one of the things that I've been doing and I've really been thinking about in this whole process is the idea of purpose. Now, we had talked about it a little bit earlier. You had said the idea of lane. Yep. This idea of going your lane, knowing your lane. Yep. And, and you talked about like knowing that pro knowing where you're supposed to be, knowing your calling, doing what you're supposed to do. Well, how do you find your purpose? That's that's the question. That's the right? million dollar question. Right. And I think I, I wonder if people will spend their whole life 
here, like, I'm going to try to say this the best way that I can without needlessly offending. Yeah. Sometimes I think we know what it is and we disobey it because we think it's too big. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just, I don't really know. I don't really know. Sometimes it's like, no, you know what it is. I think you just think it's too big for you. And that's okay. I could even take that a step further and say, it's too big. So therefore we don't think about the small steps in order to get there. Mm. So we don't clean our room knowing that we've got to clean the whole yep, neighborhood. Totally, we think, totally. oh, I just have to clean the whole yep, neighborhood. Yep, yep. So a lot of times what we do is we look ahead yep. and we don't deal with where we're at today. Uh, I yep. hate my job. I'm supposed to be called to start a church. I can't stand my job. I can't stand my coworkers. God's calling me to start a church. Why can't I start a church? Do you notice the roadblock <laughs> in between you and your church? You're not treating what God has given you today with the right amount of That's respect. A, dude, preach. You have to respect what you have today first. Come on, get somebody. Get that cleaned up. Then move forward to the next step, and God will start opening those doors. So how do you find your purpose? First off, your passions are going to point you towards your purpose. The beautiful thing is your passions will they'll change, they'll evolve, they'll adapt yeah. as you're walking out your purpose. But your, good, your biggest first step is to get yourself in control of what's going on day to day in your life. If you're at your job and you hate it, guess what? It's your problem. It's your fault. <laughs> Come on, somebody! Right? right? It's your fault. And you may hate me saying that, but my boss and my coworkers and I got to do this and that. Hold on. What's the common denominator yeah, between and dude, all when of is those? the last time you embraced it? Okay, exactly. I'm here, right? I'm here. The territory that I'm in is this place of work, Amen. right? So instead of saying, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, why aren't you the one to reform it? Yes. Why aren't you the one that can sit back in prayer and say, no, I'm going to pray into this field. I'm going to speak life into this field until it breaks. And once it does, God will move you on to the next thing because he found you faithful in that one lane that you're in right now. Does this make sense? So sometimes I think we neglect the next step because we're not ready for the next step because we haven't overcome this one. We have not changed the territory. We have not changed the atmosphere in the territory presently that we're at to change the next one. Because we're not trusted there yet. And that's okay. Now's the time to do it. When we say repent, I think Pastor had a really great line today. Not, we repent to change something inside of us, not just for another chance yeah. to change something, right? And so when you repent of that and you say, man, I need to change where I'm at. Did you realize that your work or your business or the thing that you're upset about, God gave you and trusted you with that part of the territory? That the kingdom, everything he creates is his. And so that, that place of work that you're at right now, he's entrusted you to change the atmosphere in? It, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you can't conquer that one day you can't conquer that one event or conflict in your job, how the heck are you supposed to conquer a kingdom, right? How are you supposed to move forward? Now, the beauty of it is when you take, and I mean this word with every due diligence that I use it, when you take responsibility over your life, you take charge and you say, I'm going to take responsibility for how I act at work, for what happens at work, for my mistakes at work, for my attitude at work, for whether or not I do my job well, 
when you start taking that responsibility, yep. your purpose starts opening up to 100%, you. hundred percent. And dude. as your purpose starts opening up to you, your passions increase in that purpose. And here's where the beautiful thing is that you nailed is confirmation of what I'm about to say. Uh. You walk in such more peace and contentment when you understand your purpose. You suddenly are okay with working that job that you used to hate six months ago. Right. You're OK with it because, you know, you know what? God. I'm taking care of what I need so to good. now and then moving forward. And you walk with peace and contentment. I'll move it one step further. You start ignoring the temptations that held you back before <laughs> because you are so Bro. determined to follow your purpose that God has given you that you're walking in contentment and peace in. Come on. It's a, dude. It's a cycle that works itself upwards because. You're peaceful and content. You don't want to lose that. You're enjoying going after your purpose. You don't want to lose that. So you don't pay attention to the temptations as much anymore. You push them aside. Suddenly, they're not as important to you. You don't want them to drag you down. You want to move forward. And a lot of times, you know, we've t we talk a lot about behavior modification at Revive. Yep. You can't modify behavior. And this is really stuck in my head of how do you change then? Because we look at it and we go... Well, I need to modify my, I was actually talking to a guy at Bible study tonight. He was like, I hate, I hate reading. Okay. I understand. <laughs> but I want to read the Bible, but I hate reading. Ooh. Ooh. And at first it was like, okay, well, how do we, how do we mold this? How do we shape this to where you get some reading in, That's right. even though you hate it. And I had mentioned to him, you know, just read one verse, dude. Even if you go three days in between, just read one verse. Now, that's behavior modification. But then I got into it, and the Lord gave this to me, was this whole sense of purpose. I looked at him, and I said, you know your purpose is to your family. And this was something he had kind of mentioned earlier. He, that's good, He's dude. spiritual leader. I was like, you know your purpose is as spiritual leader of your family. So instead of looking at reading as something you have to do in a behavior, look at it as a tool. Yeah, something you want to do. Something you want to do to put a tool in your toolbox to be able to better lead your family. All of a sudden, it becomes, oh, I want to do that because I want to continue my Dude. purpose. Dude. Right? And I think, too, like speaking on this specific as the individual, like this is something that you and I had to overcome. I don't mm -hmm. believe God would have let me have ministry. Had I not been faithful. Now, dude, I've made so many mistakes. Yeah. Faithful doesn't mean perfect. Right, right. And no, amen. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, I think with mistakes, though, I was <laughs> Rick Wood. I, th I don't know if he's watching, but uh, I was sitting with him at lunch and I said, you know, how do you not make uh, what did I say? I said, how do you not make mistakes, man? He goes, experience. <laughs> I'm like, how do you get experience? He goes, don't make mistakes <laughs> or you make mistakes. He said, you make mistakes. And uh, so it's like, you know, these mistakes lead you to virtue. Yeah. They lead you to, OK, I'm learning this. And then you begin not to make those same mistakes. You see what I mean? And so they don't overtake you. You're right. They don't, you're yeah. not brought under the power of that anymore. Yeah. And so I think sometimes embracing where you're at is probably the first step in deliverance for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you're, you're finally free and that you can go to work and actually be an example. And, I, and you know, my, my uncle Peter died probably, I can't remember, three years ago maybe, three, four years ago. And they said his last three days, like the three days before he passed, he like changed. And mm. apparently he went to church and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he went to a church service and like, Everybody was like, dude, like he, he was singing all the time and he was yeah. happy and joyful and like all these things. And, and he passed away. But everybody that came and talked about him was like, dude, that dude was different. Amen. There was something about him Amen. that changed. 
You know what I mean? And I thought it was so cool to hear that, that something in him had changed. Look what happens when you're just yeah. submitted to do what God wants you to do. You're in this season of your life, you know, and all these things. But if he hasn't opened that door yet, embrace where you're at, love that, and then be an example to those people because when they begin to love where they're at, Dude, it's a different environment. It's a different yeah. mindset. And you can you can have that effect, right? If if you're in a work environment that you hate, guaranteed there are other people there who hate it. And like you're saying, when you change and when you know your purpose and you're content with where you're at, suddenly your point of view changes. So instead of people complaining every day at work, they may complain. You still carry positivity. Yes. You still carry a, an attitude of, hey, we can do this. We can we can complete our tasks. We can do a great job at work. We can take responsibility. And you know what? Life isn't that bad. I've got a job, right? And and through that change of heart and that change of personality, that change of who you are, going after your purpose by being where you're at. Notice that the, almost that paradox yeah. of that. You're going after your purpose by being content with where you're at. Yeah, intent. No, you're right content. because it's it's. I mean, all of this comes out of Colossians three, yeah. where it talks about whatever you find your hand to do, do it as heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. When this is what I'm saying, like in the family, when you teach your kids that they're standing before God, like this is their this is their accountability. Mm -hmm. This is who I'm accountable to, right? Yeah. That all my decisions filter through God. Everything is there, Holy Spirit, all that. And then you grow up and you're like, wait, I'm supposed to do all things, even things I hate, yeah. as unto the Lord and not unto men. Right. When you have that mindset, dude, you're going to glorify God. So one of the words worship, when we say praise and worship, the word worship actually means your works unto the Lord. Huh. What you do is worship unto God. How are you worshiping unto God every day? Yeah. How are you doing at work, uh, business, church, whatever? Right. Do you hate it? Do you, are you mad? Your family, your works are worship unto the Lord. Yeah. Right. And, and one of the things that. I had a tough time with that verse was I always looked at it as an outward in behavior modification. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to grit my teeth. And I'm going to have to just, this is for you, Lord. I'm going to shovel this horse crap for you, Lord. It's all about you, Lord. And it failed, failed, <laughs> failed, failed. Like for him about 15 minutes. And then I'm too mad at the whole situation to do anything for anybody besides myself that's right now when it came from an inside <laughs> so. out even the things that i don't like doing i look at it and it's like no nah, i can do this to the best i can of my totally ability. do it i can nail this and it's it's the beauty of it is when you actually look at stuff as i can nail this you're building opportunities and you're building seeds for the future that's right? exactly right it's, they can it's, trust you man yeah it's, it's not just i got to get through this to get to my purpose no 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 you have to do this to get to your purpose. Yeah. And you can't get to your purpose without I mean, dude, doing this. Yeah, and even if you have a tyrannical boss. Yeah. Like someone who's bad, a, a bad boss, and people are like, how do I serve a bad boss? He's a bad boss. Well, you got two decisions. One, stay. One, leave. Right? Yep. You can choose to find another place. But if you're called to stay there and you, there's no opportunity to open up, let's look at old characters of the Bible. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were under tyrannical king. Their obedience didn't convert Ooh, the king, good. but they made he that king made them say, No, this their God is who we worship now. Yeah. Right? It may not have converted him, we don't know. But their obedience to that king and to God showed the favor of God in their life. Yeah. Joseph, when he was thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, Potiphar's house, the governor, 
All that was because he submitted to the rule Ooh, that he was under. Good, and it good. converted their hearts to trust him with the kingdom, dude. Second in command. Second in command for crying out loud. in Egypt. Right? So there's these stories that we see that when you submit, David still submitted to Saul, ended up taking over the, 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 the dominion of the kingdom. And he went as far as to refuse to kill Saul yes. when he had a chance because he knew God had placed him under Okay. The authority of Saul. Take that a step further. This is crazy that we're on this topic, and I don't know why we're on this topic, but I hope this is ministering to you. And if it is, Mar uh, please comment or hit us up on Messenger. David never went after Saul that way. You're no. right, right? How do you go after your boss? Ooh. Do you talk behind his back? Ooh. Do you backbite? Or your Ooh. workers and your coworkers? Are you, are you constantly uh, uh, being divisive mm -hmm. at work with your words behind their back? That's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You got to watch yourself, man, because you're the light of Christ. Everything you do is the light of Christ as an individual. Yeah, and, and when you start changing that environment, you'll start seeing people change around you. That's the beautiful thing, because all of a sudden it won't be as acceptable to be talking trash about your boss behind his back. All of a sudden, now suddenly it's the conversations just don't happen as much anymore. Now it's what can we do to get this job done? Yeah. I'm going to nail this task. Right. This attitude of I'm going out and getting it. And there's a saying of if you've got a bad boss, make him look good. Oh, dude. How is that going to hurt you? I want you to tell me, how is it possibly going to hurt you in the long run in your own development in life if you do your best to make your bad boss look good? Now, That's I'm not right. talking about breaking rules or doing something against your conscience, but make him look good. Yeah, dude. Do it as all unto the Lord. When you yeah. do is see. I think one of the things we miss in leadership or individuality, like our respective places, is that you're always out for the team to score. So like when the whole team, like when one individual in the, in the workplace does well, we all do well. We all yeah. eat of that fruit, right? And this may even go to you as a boss or a leader. If you're not a good leader and you're frustrated and you're tired of management, mm. you're tired of these things, you don't need someone to be obedient to change your life. If you can be obedient, then you'll change those under you. Yeah. Right. D huge difference between leading and ruling. Massive Amen. difference. Huge difference. Leading has compassion. Leading has understanding. Leading has teaching. Ruling, you just point and shoot. Right. And, and what, what that does is it creates this environment that nobody can do anything right. They have no joy to come to work. They, all these things yeah. that you can change the atmosphere at your at your workplace, in your house, folks. You that have parents, you know, you that are parents, the individual. Yeah. We're talking about the individual here. Mm -hmm. What a dad can do in his own house or a mother can do in their own house. You know, the atmosphere that can change, like what like putting on worship music. My wife does it all the time. Yeah. You know, she puts on worship music all the time. And for her, it, it calms the, the house. There's a beautiful covering that happens over that stuff. I love, I love Christian metal, so it's <laughs> not always calming. But for her, like, it sets this tone you know, yeah. that, that in the house. And the kids now sing worship songs. Amen. You know, it's like cool, right? I love that you're saying that because I think a lot of people will say, well, you know, they're not going to change. They're not going to change. Well, it's not about them. Truth. It's about you changing. It's about you coming in line with what Christ has created you Truth. to be. Now, here's the beautiful abundance of it. So many times people will change because of your witness. Mm. This gets back to, oh, it's just based on my witness. People will come to Christ. Now, you have to talk, but your witness is very important too, right? And I'm noticing this in my own family is as I change, other people in my family are changing. I have to set the standard. I have to lead by example. As I change, yep. they will change. And guaranteed, both of us 
have regrets about how we used to do things oh, because dude. of the damage and consequence that it does. But the beautiful part is there is still restoration. There's still reconciliation. There's, there's still change and improvement that can happen in a home. You can still change it, totally. but it, it starts with you as the individual. I think it's when you change, like when you see the, the ill and you go to the Lord and re you repent of it. You're yeah. like, Lord, I, I screwed this up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, and, and God has this cool thing, like he vindicates. God justifies, you yeah. know what I mean? And that like, you know, there's a lot of things we could say. And of course, you're going to have to, you know, go in repentance to those people and mm -hmm. ask for forgiveness. But there's this beautiful thing that you're teaching them. If you can humble yourself and submit to that, yeah. like all those mistakes, if you can submit to that and like go to that person and say, man, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I, that wasn't right for me to do that. You teach them humility. You teach them forgiveness. You teach them consecration. You teach them something that may not, they, they're struggling through, right? Yeah. Um, bitterness breeds bitterness. That I know. Absolutely. So if a person Absolutely. comes in who's worldly and they're bitter and you're bitter, it'll just breed, it's right? And, and so, I mean, as an individual, from an individual standpoint, there's so much you can do and that your knowledge is what's infused in those under you and around you. The knowledge that you put in your head. Um, I, I used to hear the saying all the time, garbage in, garbage out, right? It's, mm -hmm. That's all you do is put garbage in. You're like, man, why ain't I changing, Lord? <laughs> you know, what are you feeding on, right? What's, what, 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 what's going on uh, every day in your life? You know, what, what are you watching? What are you giving your time to? Are you praying? Are you reading the word? All those things. I can promise you, dude, you pray and read the word, it'll change you. Yep. It can't but change you. You start to see things differently. You and, know what I mean? And what you're talking about is creating a... a fertile environment in order to be able to see what God has for you. Because if you're, you're completely encased in the world and media and what you want and your temptations and your desires, you never give yourself a chance Truth. to really have the voice of God come through. How the heck am I supposed to know the voice of God if I don't know what the voice of God says? Totally. If I don't speak his language. Yeah. And I think this whole podcast um, I think some of you thought, what can I do? You know, like go out there. It wasn't about that at all. No. What we, what, we wanted it to, to, to look like that. What we want you to say is, what are you doing yourself for your family, for your house? Listen, you can't go into a place of leadership and preach where you've never been. Amen. You just, guys, that is dangerous, man. Take it from, from, just trust me. It's dangerous to be in a place of leadership and preach to people places you've never been. I can't delegate something I don't know because yeah. then you don't have a standard to that. Then you, you're directing them. You're not even directing them. You're just, they're, they're flags in the wind, right? All this had to do with, look, we, we may want to get involved in politics. We may want to open a business now because, hey, businesses are open up and there's opportunity right now. We may do all these things, right? But what if this season wasn't just for that? It was to teach you that, hey, inside of you, inside of your family, inside of your faith, where have you where are you challenged right now? Where is it missing? Are you truly submitted to the things of God? Are you truly in line with the Lord? Are you truly let's let's go here, right? Are you saved? Really yeah. are you saved? Are you really redeemed by him? Has he truly have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit to know that? Have you been baptized in the water to make a public profession of faith? All these things that we're lacking, he's putting in our laps right now to analyze and determine, Lord, what is my fruit? Do I have the fruits of righteousness before God? My works mean nothing to him. They're filthy rags. I don't even, like, seriously, I wonder if he's even going to keep a tab on that. I wonder if he's keeping a tab on, did you have the fruits of righteousness in that situation? In that situation? Did you do it here? 
you listen there, you listen, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. saying God's doing that. I'm just saying like in my mind, right? Like I can picture me as a dad, yeah. my kids could be artists and, 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 you know, live minimally. I don't care as long as that's what God called them to do. Not, not that I'm saying I wish them to be liberal hippies, <laughs> no, right? But I'm not saying that, but what I am saying, it's a joke. Okay. Jeez. I mean, how are you attacking liberal hippies? No, right. It's just a joke. But this whole season, this last two months has really been about us and our faith us and our faith and our families, right. us and our individual businesses and ministries and church ministries. Where do we stand before God, not before man? That's easy. Before man is easy because you know what we do all the time? I'm not like them. Yeah. I'm not like them. I'm certainly not like that. And you remember the, 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 the parable where the guy was praying? He's like, I, pray, you know, I fast three times a, a week and I tithe and I do all these things. And I'm not like, I'm not like that guy. guy. Right. And I don't I don't want us to be in that position of looking at other men saying they're doing it wrong. What is God doing in you saying and exposing the wrong so that you can do the right and lead them Amen. from what you do right? Not pointing out what they do wrong, but you lead them from what you're doing right before God. And on the other side of that, when you are truly following God and you are going after God and you're caring about what God thinks you don't have time to care about what man thinks. The deeper you get into your purpose of following God and doing it for him, there's more shallow it feels to even care about what man is saying or doing. Yeah, dude. You become more tunnel visioned on who God is and what he's called you to do so that you can stand up to a king and say, you can throw us in the fire. We know our God is good to save us. He might not even, but I'm not bowing down to Listen that. Listen to that, dude, right, right there. He may not save us. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I am not going to. Man, dude, that's a sermon, bro. Absolutely. And we've preached it so many times, but sometimes it's like it's good to rehearse that. He may save us. He may not. I'm okay with it. Yep. I'm okay with it. I'm okay if I don't make a million dollars in my life. You know what? I'm okay to have a little house, right, with a little quarter acre plot, making my little monthly payments, watching my kids grow up and throw the football in the front yard, right, watching my dog be crazy. In the backyard and dig <laughs> holes all the time. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with, and I love that, I'm, that, that I can be at a place of uh, a, a church to, to have leadership and yeah. to be mentored and tutored. And I'm okay with that. I thought when I got into ministry, man, this is going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to change society. And it may happen. But if it doesn't, I'm okay. Finally. Can you be okay with where you're at right now so that God can advance you into the next thing faithfully? Yeah. Because one thing that God won't do, he won't bless you with something that'll take you away from him. He just won't do it. He won't bless you with something that'll take you away from him. What he will do is make you sit there to learn the lesson because you're asking for it. Lord, I just want to be more like you. Are you more like him in your family, in your business, at your workplace, with, the, with those around you, your friends, Right. That's what he's answering. And sometimes we get frustrated about it. And he's like, I'm teaching you right now. That's what I'm doing. So this whole season was about us. It had nothing to do with government. Well, it, it, of course, we hit all that stuff. But it really, that's temporal stuff. Yeah. We're going to die. Do you know that whole tyranny thing that just happened for two months? Yes, tyranny. Yes, tyranny. I'll call it out. It was tyranny. At the end of the day, we're going to die. Yeah. That's not going to matter. What was my witness during the tyrannical movement? Was I faithful to stand up for the Lord and truth? Yes. D did I pray all the time? No, but I wish I did more, right? I'm always like, I want to do more of that, Lord, right? 
was I a witness to the community faithfully? Was I, was I being a, a fool? No, I wasn't. Was I trying to stand for the church? Yes. Was I doing all these things? Why? Because God asked of me those things. Was I trying to do things right? With my, yes. Right? Was I perfect in the faith? No, that's what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. This was about us individually, man, to shape our families, to shape the government, to shape our territories. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yep. So what can we do as individuals? What can we do as family? What can we do as faith? As individuals, you stay in the word. You stay grounded. You stay faithful. You stay in the spirit. You stay in prayer. Right? You be led of the Spirit of God. The Bible says those are sons of God when you're led of the Spirit of God. As a family, you raise up your kids in the nurture and admonition of God. You raise them to be good, godly leaders, whether men or women. You raise them that their individuality and who, they created, who they're created is Christ's image, that they have him, and that is their identity. Then out of that stems the works. When they understand their identity, they'll have the fruits of righteousness. Then the works abide from that. Amen. Third, the faith. You can't shut up when it's in you, man. You can't shut up about what you love, man. Mother's Day came around. I did this beautiful post. Yes, I said beautiful because I'm boasting right now about Carrie, right? And she does it for me, like Father's Day and yeah. birthdays, right? It's easy for me to talk about Carrie, how much I love her, the boys. Easy. You can do it all day long. But when Christ and that love is in you, you can't but talk about it. Yeah. You can't but want to live it and show people what, what that is. Because it's, it's in you and you abide in him. What can you do as an individual? Abide in him so that your faith can be prolonged and, and pronounced in the earth. Amen. That's what this is about, man. Yep. The, I can't even, I can't conclude any better than that. Um, pay attention, guys, to what is right in front of you. Stop, stop looking 10 years down the road. Stop looking at what you think God has called you to. Start looking at where he's put you now. You don't have to get rid of all of that. But start paying attention to where he's put you now. Start to find contentment in that. And I guarantee you that's when the doors will really start opening. That's when the opportunities will come. Yeah. When you are faithful with little, he will give you much. Now, we could go on forever with this. This is I love this topic. I do. It, we should continue. We should probably do a part two we, or something. We may I just do a part this. two if no. you guys want to yeah, see like, it. Like, seriously, like, this is about teaching us. <laughs> Chris, it's like, yes. Because this is about really <laughs> – it's, it's putting the rake on us. It's putting us through the tiller. It's mm -hmm. putting us – I can't point the finger at other people to change if I'm not changed. Yeah. That's the bottom line, man. That's and, hypocrisy. And what can you do? With other people. Exactly. Nothing. You can't no, exactly. do anything. So You do it with yourself. We, we probably will do some more on this, like, inward yeah. in type teaching. Like, yeah. this is, what this should teach you is it's not selfishness. It's you dying to yourself. Amen. Ooh. Amen. Denying yourself and living to Christ. That's where we need to be again. Yep. Right? Is denying yourself. I'm dead to myself now. Life isn't about this anymore. It's not about this fleshy body. Though I love to eat. But it ain't about the fleshy body, right? <laughs> It's about the spiritual nature of Christ, how he can abide through a body and a person, right? And so we're going to conclude with that. I think, uh, like I said, you're going to be yes. on this Wednesday. Yep. But guys, listen, we have a goal right now. And I don't do this very often, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We have a goal right now. We're trying to get 100 people right now to donate $20 a month. We have a goal. We just started it uh, two days ago. We, we decided to make a campaign about it. You'll see more about it this week. We're trying to get 100 individuals to donate $20 or more. That will ensure us to go out and do these events that we do that can't really pay us to go. So right now we've, we've worked out this campaign that's been pretty successful, but right now we're just asking people, look, I know it's been tough, I really do, but this is where we can get this message out there more effectively, continue to bring this message out to people in our own little sphere of influence. And so when I go out and speak, or Mike's gonna go out and speak again, when Carrie has to go do it, and when Kristen starts to speak, 
because she will one day. I promise you that. I'm speaking that into her. She's seriously so good at what she does. She's so good, dude. Uh, Yeah, I saw. (laughs) Do you know she stood before a city council and testified about abortion? She's amazing. And so, like, I'm just speaking that out. But this this ground that we have, we pray into it. It's fertile. And we just need help to get out there. Guys, if you guys want to know more about that, go on to liveliberatednow.com. You guys can see that. You guys can go on the tab and get get in contact with us. Send us a message. We'll get in contact with you. Um, We also got our new stuff, the merch and all that Mm -hmm. crap, which is great. I, I love it. But really, we so much thank you for your support. We thank you for all the shares and the Absolutely. prayers and the love and the texts. I get texts all the time, messages press, all the time. Press the share button. Do it now. Yeah, press One, the two, share three, button. Go. Share this message. Share, share, share it. Share this message because there's people out there that need it, especially parents. They need it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, and I needed it too. That's why we could preach on this because I always need it, right? I'll probably go back and watch it and remind myself, right? <laughs> but there's so much that we can do together as a nation, right? Yeah. But individually... We can change our own individual territory and God that God entrusted you with. Amen. And that's what this is about, man. So what we want to say is God bless you guys. Again, tune in to this Wednesday. We'll have uh, Mike come on on uh, the late night lives. We do them around 10 o'clock at night because we have church that night. And yep. uh, I love doing those late ones because everybody's up for some reason mm-hmm. uh, at those hours. And so um, that's going to be blow away. And then I'll be on the following week and we kind of trade off on this. Also, too, we'll be uh, interviewing some new people here. We're going to be doing some more interviews. Uh, we, something we've never really done before, but we just want to keep doing that and keep it fresh and keep the content alive. We'll come back to the Constitution and all these other things, teach more principles, but really this is about us, and I really think we need to focus on how we can perfect what's inside of us through Christ. Amen? So God bless you guys, and we will see you Wednesday night. All right, love you guys.